Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Make It a Double podcast, the show where my brother and I have a couple drinks, chat about how to be more efficient, productive, creative, and whatever else is on our mind. My name is Michael, here with my brother Nico. Tell him how it works. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Make It a Double podcast, number three. Um, this is the show where uh, we kind of talk about nothing, a little bit of everything, and uh, have a few drinks along the way even though Michael doesn't really like it when I say along the way. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring that up or not. It just sounds so, like a uh, fucking Winnie the Pooh episode. The let's have a cheers. What are you drinking? What are you drinking, uh, Mike? <laughs> we're drinking like a college student tonight. I'm chasing shots of vodka with Gatorade. What's that mud water? <laughs> this is Jack and... Well, bur- bullet bourbon and Coke. Yeah. Drinking like I'm 18. So Yeah, cheers. that's a... Cheers. That's not a. Yeah, you could have just mixed them, and then it'd have been more classy. I feel like once you turn thirty, you can't take shots with Gatorade anymore. Listen, I already had a breakdown about being thirty today. I had a bunch of people worried about me, DMing me on Instagram, asking me if I'm okay. It's <laughs> awesome. By a bunch, I had two two people go, "Hey, bud, you all right? <laughs> you gonna be okay?" I wasn't trying to worry people. I was just having a self-reflective moment. Anyway, um, as we mentioned last time, I think we're going to start opening up these with with our uh, yeah our segment, the trade up challenge. Um, the quick ten second version is that each week we are going to try and take an item that we've started with in our home and trade up week after week. Uh, you can't have, you can sell it if you're in a pinch, but you can't have cash more than two weeks in a row. And other than that, there's pretty much no rules. Who goes first? <laughs> I'm curious if you have anything to report. <laughs> oh, I have some things to report, but I also have some things to argue. So I would like you to go first so that I can argue. Argue? <laughs> what you... uh, debate? Here's the thing. If you're going into this wanting to debate, I uh, anyway, it has nothing why don't to do you with go, you. Huh? What if it has nothing to do with you? You don't know what I'm going to debate about. Don't make I have a feeling. Okay, I will go first then, all right? All right, good, good, good. I will probably send you this um so that we can clip it in maybe. But let me know if you can hear this. I'm going to use this flashlight. Yeah, I can hear. I posted on Instagram and on Facebook, and in like two minutes, somebody responded and said they had something to trade for me. So I'm getting in my car, driving to Ogden, and we'll see what they have to offer. Bye. And that's why we didn't start on time because I had to go to Ogden and back. And what a haul! This person had plenty of things they were looking to get rid of. And so I traded. I don't have it with me, obviously, but we'll put the video. Um, It's like a Walmart flashlight. It's about two inches long. Nine LEDs on it. Took some triple A's. I put, when I posted, I said that I was going to... How many lumens? Everybody keeps asking me about the lumens. I have no idea how many lumens it is. (laughs) What is a lumen? Brightness? I don't know. We're, I don't know. I like open up the cap. God, you're the fucking third person that's asking me about lumens. I don't know. Um, but Sounds yeah, like so I'm out of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started with that little flashlight and let me show you what I got. I'm going to go grab it real quick. Okay. While we're waiting for Michael, I'll play the waiting for Michael music. I told Michael that from now on. Anytime we have so, some downtime. So anytime first, we have some downtime while we're waiting for Michael, this is the new music. <laughs> I hate that song already. <clears throat> it's basically our version of the Jeopardy song. Whenever you're waiting on me, you play this fucking James Bond music. <laughs> so the response to the post that I posted on Facebook said, I've got some desk lamps for you. And so I upgraded from the flashlight to a two-pack of desk lamps. And I was stoked on that 
because I I don't know. It seems like a pretty natural step up. But yeah, that's a very nice step up. But wait, there's more. I also got this floating shelf, which I will probably keep and hang in my house somewhere. They just gave you the shelf and two lamps for one. Yeah, they had a bunch of shit they were getting rid of. Unknown but wait, number of lumens. But wait, yeah, unknown number of lumens worth this much. It, I'm telling you. But wait, there's more. Oh my lord. Two Xbox One games. <laughs> this doesn't feel fair. That yeah, I had a feeling you weren't gonna be a fan of it. But this raises more questions. You know, we never specified like, is it supposed to be strangers? that we trade with, you know, no. do I have to use offer up in Facebook marketplace or can I leverage the power of social media? No, I think that the idea behind it is get what you can. If people want to give you free shit because they like you for Here's nothing, my next question. basically good. Here's for you. my next question. Do I have to keep that as a bundle and whatever I got, I have to give away as a bundle or can I just, you know, if somebody wants to trade something out of here, I just trade the one thing. No, now you have an inventory of items, I guess, but actually it does go against the, you know, like the process. flow of things, right? Well, we thought we would be like, here's a thing trade for another thing. Yeah. And then the trade up challenge inherently means you have one really expensive thing, not an inventory of items. It, correct. But, like I said, I'm probably just going to keep the shelf for myself. And Well, you have like $100 worth of stuff from <laughs> a flashlight from Walmart. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that you did better than me this week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this week. But, I, so that, that's what I have. I mean, we could probably sit here and speculate about... While we're know, speculating. Intention. While we're speculating. Since... The second podcast was recorded on a Sunday when we officially started the trade-up challenge. Oh, no. <laughs> Would you say? Was it a Saturday? I should have until Saturday. Yeah, It was I should, a... have, an... I should have a one full week. Absolutely. It's a trade-up challenge. You get one full week. It is from podcast to podcast. In the last episode, we said, by the next episode, you will have something. You knew we were recording Thursdays. It's supposed to be Thursday to Thursday. I, because what are we going to do for the next episode? You're going to update us on what you got on Sunday and then what you traded that for by the next episode? No, I was thinking since we started on a Saturday, which kind of flew off, it threw the flow of things off, we could wait until Saturday and do a quick check in video and then put no. that in as a piece to the no. podcast. No, that creates a whole... We're going to have a whole episode for you because you didn't know. You could have called an Audible. You could have gone to Dad's house or Felipe's house, and you could have traded for anything they had in their home. You could have traded for a pen for a spatula. All that had to happen was a trade. All right, fair enough. So I failed this week then. <laughs> and So I will I, be donating $50 to the uh, animal sanctuary of your choice or whatever your thing was um i can't remember the name of it it's on but i would like to go over my efforts and sh share with you some of the interactions i can't wait place actually yeah definitely <laughs> so if you listen to the last week's podcast i had I think that we probably should have clarified this a little bit. We're like nine minutes into this. And if this is the first podcast somebody listens to because we're actually talking about it now, they're going to be like, what in the heck are these people talking about? <laughs> so maybe we'll do a quick bit about what it is we're talking about and I'll uh, I already, rearrange it to the front. I already explained that at the beginning. You said we did the trade-up challenge? Yeah, and I, and I went over the rules. I said we're taking one item we started with in our house and each week we have to trade... You can Maybe only I was cash. so. I think I'm just so worked up about how far ahead you are than me <laughs> that I totally blocked that first. Part I have out. some. Un, I have some unfair advantages. You know, I still live in our home state and town, and I have all of my friends and resources around me. Well, I didn't choose to post mine on social media. In fact, when I posted it on Facebook Marketplace, I said hide from friends. I don't know why. <laughs> 
see, and to me, I'm starting to think that this is gonna like you have no idea how many people message me. Like I'm I feel like this is gonna be a thing for me to like create a whole community where people start kind of rooting for me and like helping connect. Like I have a feeling at some point a friend is gonna have a friend who has something that he's been looking to get rid of and they're gonna like my my audience and my community are gonna start like you know being into this with me. That's what that's why I went the social media route. Cause I was like, people love this kind of stuff. And I already have a couple things lined up for next week. Yeah, that's really smart. I didn't I didn't go that route. You're I'm gonna change my ways though. Yeah, I like that idea. So the first thing I did <clears throat> so on Sunday after we finished the editing of the podcast, I took a picture of my book and uh, found some items on Facebook Marketplace, or actually Craigslist I found this on. And uh, and I uh, sent a message. So there's this, this individual. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl or whatnot. An individual. Um, and they're selling like all kinds of old iPods. Like they have a bazillion old iPods. Like probably at least 50. And each one at the end of the, the posting is like, click on my thing below to see everything that I'm selling right now. And they have like a bunch of old iPods, like old tools, like, and he's like, wants to trade them too. I was like, this is perfect, right? So, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, the, he finally, uh, text me back. So I sent him a picture of the book and I said, would you trade any of your iPods for this book? <laughs> which sounds funny, but he had like broken ones, like they're old. And uh, he texts NTY, which took me some research <laughs> to figure out men's no thank you. He just said NTY. Didn't even have the time or the decency to spell out the words, just NTY, which was infuriating. So my response to him was, okay, you sure? comma, are you sure? Even a broken one? Question mark. It's actually a really good book or decoration. <laughs> I love that your first instinct is like, come on, not even a broken one. You don't need all those iPads or iPods. Yeah, they're broken. He's probably got like a pile of them. It's like this is his full time hobby. What do they to, go for? You know, what's a broken there was iPod? One, there was one for $25. I was like, this book is $20. That iPod's $25. You have a dozen or so broken iPods. How many Tom Ferris books do you have on your coffee table? Yeah. Zero, sir. Broken fifth, sixth, seventh generation iPods. Twenty bucks on eBay. Yeah. Hello. Trade me your iPod for this book. <laughs> okay. So I said, yeah. Are you sure? Even a broken one. It's actually a really good book or decoration. It's a great decoration. It's nice, big, and thick. It works great as a monitor stand. Anyways, he texts me back. L Y K. Again, that now I know means let you know. Thank you so much for your reply. Time and interest. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Take care. G9. Good night. <laughs> G9 is good night? Apparently. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Which just a, hate wonder, a wonderful sign off. What makes that funnier is the book that you're trading, wasn't it four hour work week? No, no, no. No, that's, I can't trade that one. Tools of Titans. Oh, okay. I mean, they're both good, but so he says, good night. Okay. I wait a day. I let him, you know, <laughs> let him, you know, talk about on it. it. Let him check with the wife, see if she's okay with it. <laughs> and so I say to this person, good morning, sir. Any interest in trading my cool book? I can come to you just <laughs> looking to trade. <laughs> special made just for you and they reply unfortunately cash pl which i guess is please i don't like in this oh Ugh. he says cash pl i don't read you already which... explained that it's a great paperweight and a great decoration and yeah. monitor stand it's all of these things yeah but he doesn't read which explains the short letters instead of words <laughs> yeah we know you don't read and ends with, I wish I could show you this, L-Y-K-T-Y-N. I will let you know, oh, talk to you tonight. T-Y-N? 
L Y K period T Y period N. Thank you. Th- night. I guess, but that was at one o four p.m. This person's either eleven or not from this country. <laughs> I don't think it's that they're not from this country. I think they're eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that was my experience trying to sell it. I had one other interaction. Some guy had like tons of Pokemon shit, like Pokemon cards and oh. Pokemon game. Oh no, you don't. Have, you don't stand a chance. Those are hot right now. At one Pokemon card. Come on. Give me an energy, bro. Give me a trainer card. I don't care. <laughs> and uh, what did I say? I'll oh, take a Caterpie, bro. Uh, hi, are you willing to trade? He had a whole slew of things. It was like a desk full of stuff. I said, hi, are you willing to trade for any of these items? I have a great book I'm looking to trade. And uh, he didn't say anything. So I said, hello. And uh, <laughs> I admire your effort so much. I said, hello. And I sent him a picture of the book. And I said, will you trade any of your items for this book? And he said, no, sorry about that. And I said, okay, thanks. I I didn't really want to get into it with that guy as much. He really felt like he was like not having it. So Between that and blocking your post from your friends, you're going about it a very different way than me. I hopped on Instagram and went, all right, fam, I have like two hours to trade this. I have to trade this for something else. Ideally, it would be an upgrade. I'll come to you. Do you have anything lying around the house you've been trying to get rid of? Help me out. What's going on? And then I had like three DMs almost instantly. That's amazing. I see. I haven't even looked at your Instagram today. So that... I deleted it immediately because I didn't want 10 more people going, what's this for? What are you doing? I have something like. Why not? Then you could have used it for future. I thought trades. about that later. But so because they're on Facebook, Let I mean, fi- edit the... okay, go ahead. You know, I'll just finish my how it's ended. The reason I'm trying to stall until Saturday is I think I have a hot buyer on the line. (laughs) For what? The book. What are they going to give you? Well, of course the book. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that we changed gears. Of course we're still talking about the book. Okay, so I put it on offer up last night and nothing. Dropped it down to 10 bucks. And... uh, Oh... He messaged me and said, is this still available? I said, yes. Do you have anything that you'd be willing to trade other than a book? I'm in this trade-up challenge with my brother, so it's actually better if I trade for something instead of cash. It would really help me out. (laughs) If not cash, they said, if not, cash will be fine too. I'll just find something to buy with it, I guess. And it took him a little while, but he said, okay, what what kind of thing were you looking for? And then I sent like, you know, a message and they never text me back. But he's interested. I have an interested party is the point. The moral of the story is I took 10 minutes to tell you I failed, but maybe I have somebody. I feel like I can hear like a slight ringing in my headphones, but we'll deal with it later. Um, No, you cannot have till Saturday. (laughs) I I do feel like there's going to be some level of disagreement. That's what something. about midnight tonight? Can I post on Instagram? Nico, we're recording right now. Like this is. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes I forget we are. <laughs> <laughs> like we announced in the last episode, we will talk about the trade in the next episode. Okay. Well, if I post about it on Instagram right this second, and by the end of then the it podcast... sounds like you're off to a great start for next week. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <clears throat> okay. That was our first time, you know, really going over our exchanges or attempted exchanges. And uh, I think, you know, in the future, we'll probably keep it to 15, 20 minutes, you know, first third of the episode, maybe. Um, But that was super entertaining. And I I actually do kind of agree with you, even though I skimmed over the rules of the game. I think having a little snippet that we can play um, that kind of explains this is just, like, this isn't the whole episode. Like, this isn't what the podcast is. Like, Welcome to the episode. We're just going to talk about... <laughs> yeah, we talk about being traded. productive. And he goes like, I couldn't get Pokemon cards for my book. <laughs> I just Welcome love to our podcast about productivity. Adding all these, adding words like, I have this great book. Easy read, smart. <laughs> like, like, really buttering it up like, a, like, a, like an eBay ad, I guess. I mean, that's, a, that's what you're supposed to do. <clears throat> I just 
I'm trying to get in your headspace about why you went about it the way that you did. Like, like not like I, I, I have a book. I have to trade. No cash. Like, offer anything, you know. And you go about like you're pitching it on the street. Like, <laughs> would you take? Gotta stop laughing. Are you willing to exchange for this book? It's like. Of course, this book. You sent me a picture of you holding a book. <laughs> this good book here, you don't want to trade? All right. I feel like we're beating that. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm literally crying. I feel like we kind of should have talked over that a little bit to give you some help because you went about that weird. <laughs> One of us is way better at this than the other. <laughs> I mean, even if I did go the KSL Facebook Marketplace offer up route, like, you sounded like a trap. Like you sounded like you were luring people and it had nothing to do with the book. <laughs> like that's not like how I just being that. super vague about the book, holding it so they can't even read the tab. I have a book here. It's like a goosebumps episode. The shit's cursed and you're just trying to pass it off to somebody. <laughs> Be less sketchy yeah. for sure. Okay. <clears throat> I what all right. Yeah. If you were not you and you saw that ad, you wouldn't bump Julie and be like, so this isn't a, a cursed book they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I, <laughs> hey, Julie, do we have anything I can trade for this haunted book this guy's clearly trying to get rid of? <laughs> he doesn't want my cash. He just wants my old things. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Why don't I just come over? I'll look through your house, see if there's anything I like. <laughs> Oh, man. Like the uh, story from the other day of that guy that you went with to buy a car and the guy wouldn't sell it to you because you he wouldn't you wouldn't oh, go yeah. in his house. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Give like a TLDR version of that story. I didn't That's say That's too long. Pod. Didn't read. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that wasn't on the pod that you talked about it. Just like Thanks. long story short. The abbreviations, you know. Um, okay. Long story short, my... A uh, neighbor, friend of ours, he needed to go buy a car. And so he wanted me to go with him. So if he bought the car, he wouldn't have to leave one there. We, he could drive the car back and I could drive his car back. Um, and he'd been doing, he'd been looking for a while. We had actually gone to see another one. And uh, the title didn't match the name of the guy that was trying to sell it to him. And so he's super frustrated and was like, I'm, I'm buying this car no matter what. Like if it runs, I'm buying this car. Um, so we get there and, um, this guy is super late, but he finally shows up. He looks at the car. It looks fine. It actually looks really nice. Other than it had a little bit of a cigarette smell. What kind of car was and it? So it was a Ford Escape. Oh. Like a, yeah, 2000. In my head, I was imagining it was like this fifties vintage car. Like this was this high end deal that you guys were doing. No, it was like a $4,000 car. He was buying for his dad, I think. <clears throat> Got it. Um, so we look at the car. It looks fine. Like it's just, it's just a car and it runs and it starts and he's like, okay, do you have the title? And he says, no, the title's back at my house. And my friend goes, okay, so should I follow you back to your house? And he said, yeah, it's just across the street. I'm thinking, well, then why don't we just meet at your house guy? But we go over to his house and we get out of the car and he said, okay, come in. And we're like, no, we're okay. We're, we're not going to come in. First of all, it's like, I don't know. I don't know you. You're a stranger. Why do we need to come into your house? Second of all, it's a pandemic. Like, yeah. let's just do this outside. When you first and, told me the story, you said that your neighbor was like, nah, I don't want to go in your house. I don't want to go in your house, man. <laughs> it's just yeah, about here. He, he straight up said that. He's like, no, I don't want to go in your house, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the guy's like, why? And he's like, I, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and, the, and the other guy goes, it's a nice neighborhood. It's fine. I have this nice book. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Come in. I want to show you my book. Um, <laughs> Great decorations. Anyways, so <laughs> the guys, the, so we're like, just go get the title, bring it outside, and we'll give you the money and you give us the title. So he comes back out with the title. Um, uh, my buddy looks at it. He matches it up with the VIN number. He says, okay, sounds good. And gives back the title. And they just like have this awkward look at each other. 
and the guy who was selling the car goes, so now what? And he goes, I have the money right here. Sign the title over to me and I'll give you the money and we'll be done. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it out here on the street. You have to come inside if I'm going to sign it over. He's like, what? <laughs> My friend instantly loses. He's like, why do you want me to come in your house, man? <laughs> why do you want me to come in your house so bad? And he's like, uh, I want your I fucking can't... book, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so he, he, he's like, I'm not coming in your house. Go inside, get a pen. We'll sign it on the hood of the car. I'll give you the money and then we'll be done. And reluctantly he goes back and he starts to walk inside. And then we both look at each other and give this like shocked gasp. And he must've overheard us go like, or something like that. I don't even know what we said. Um, and he goes, you know what? I don't like your attitude. I don't want to sell you the car. <laughs> like, okay, fine. And we just turn around and left, <laughs> but literally wouldn't sell us this car because we wouldn't go inside his house. And I get I, he was probably, I should clarify, he, I think he was just like a traditional nice guy and was like, you know, this is a business deal and we don't do business deals like this. We sit down at a table like gentlemen and do a transaction or something like that. I don't, but it was like, see that. it's a car, man. It's like a $5,000, $4,000 car, you know, it's not like you're, I don't also, know. Also. You were originally not going to meet me at your house. You met me in a parking lot somewhere and then went, oh, the title's back at my house. Very weird. Who knows? I, he could be a murderer. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's the more extreme of the scenarios that I'm imagining, but not. It's a nice neighborhood. It's fine. <laughs> it's nice... Hey, you shouldn't have to tell me that. I ha I'm here. I can look around. Like... <laughs> yeah. That's like him inviting you inside and be like, I don't rape people. Okay, why'd you say that then? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> why would you say that? Yeah, why the fuck? Um, I probably shouldn't have said that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that this has been a phenomenal start. And I have enjoyed... I'm glad you think I mean, so. Well, we usually talk like every single day. And I feel like it's been like four days since we FaceTimed or hung out or something like that. So it's been I nice know. catching up. It's I love how the, the trade-up challenge was going. I love that story I, of your buddy going, hey, yeah, I don't want to go in your house, man. <laughs> I don't want to go in your house, man. Why do you want me to um, come in your house so bad? <laughs> this dude's really pushing the going in his house thing. And he was like <clears throat> like Eastern European or Italian or something. So he had like I was imagining an Italian guy. and like Kind of had a heavy accent, yeah. Yeah. I was imagining him also in like a plain white undershirt and like a baby blue vintage 50s car that was the deal. But that's, you know. That's not what happened. And no, I mean, yeah. the story's not that there was anything wrong. It has nothing to do with, you know, who he was or where he was from, but I don't know. If oh, yeah. Was. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, this, like, my mind was trying to play like a cinematic episode of what was happening, and it quickly became a Dexter episode of <laughs> some guy trying to lure you into his house. Um, but let, let's real quick um, refill our drinks. Will you refill your drink? We'll uh, stop and start the cameras, and we will transition into the second half of this where I uh, just kind of need some advice. I want to talk through something with you. Sounds good. We'll be right back. I fucking love that. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, in typical fashion, Nico and I's break that was supposed to be about five or 10 minutes, I think has been a little closer to two hours. So, um, that's all right. That's all right. I think everyone's just going to get used to that. They're going to be like, there's a podcast A and a podcast B because they seem a lot different. This second. Yeah. Well, it's, gonna, it's, like, it's like a cassette, you know, side A, side B. It's like, you, you know, go. the front half of this record is very emotional and uh, sentimental. And the other half of this record is, well, the first half, we I feel like I just laughed the whole time and was sweating because I was laughing so much. And uh, the second half, we're going to get a little more serious and talk about, you know, getting some shit done. Which I think is the goal of the format of the podcast. Is like the first third-ish, we'll talk about our trade-up challenge because I think that that's just a fun side thing to have going. And then ideally, it would be like the second two-thirds talking about some, you know, the like a topic that's, top of mind for us but you know this after this episode i'm learning that it might be more a 30 minute and 30 minute thing because i was having a 
a blast talking about that and then that story with you. Um, but on the second half of this, uh, I mean, the there whole thing has- is, is that everyone gets to just kind of be sitting in on what our normal conversations are anyway. Yeah. And that's really the whole idea. Yeah. They go the, from the ridiculous to the serious and back again. And that's what this is all about. Which anyone who's been in a room with us, especially drinking, knows that's exactly <laughs> what happens. Luckily, there's not a third segment. Otherwise, we'd cry the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the final segment of the show is when yeah. you and Michael cry. <laughs> that's a secret segment. That's on Patreon only. <laughs> um. The other, the reason that I mentioned the A side and B side is because when we accidentally let a five minute break turn into two hours, we have had a few more than we had in the first half. Um, One or two. Which makes it more interesting, honestly. I think that we should be a little more sauced up when we talk about the the serious stuff. And I say serious, but it's really just, you know, the type of stuff that I would call you about if I was feeling in a pickle or cornered or like I needed some advice. And so the thing that's top of mind for me is in the last week or so, I thought that my future was going to be a little uncertain, you know, as far as, uh, you know, what I was doing for a career. And this, this part of me that is constantly thinking that the end goal is obviously to work for myself, you know, own a business or multiple businesses and be entrepreneurial and, if it sounds like a mess, it's because it is. And I feel like that there's lots of things that I could do to make money. And when I think about this media company and what it could be, especially if I get a couple of these digital media sort of, or like digital advertising certifications through Facebook and Google and stuff like that, like the services I can offer are legit. And I think the world's abundant and there's no shortage of potential clients for that. What I'm getting at though, is when I think of, the concept of owning a business that's more than just me, that's where things get pretty complicated. Like the idea of trying to scale a business or like hire someone as a business partner, even hiring one other person or like getting one other person on board sounds scary to me because I just feel like I'd constantly be nervous that they were going to take advantage of me or that I was going to get screwed over or be too like, uh controlling or like wanting too much ownership of the thing and so like the idea of taking an idea from just me and growing that into a business seems so bizarre like how do you hire people and, and anyway that's all really far away that's all really far yeah, that's away that's all really far away and i definitely have a lot to say about all of those things but it's uh so it's I guess if you had to, not the focus right at the moment, right? The, yeah. The so moment for me, is how do you get from not working for yourself to working for yourself is what you're trying correct, to say. Correct. Correct. And I think that that takes a level of organization that I just don't have right now. And it's something that I'm so interested in having. And in it, like in addition to just the organization, the ability to be more efficient and just get more out of each day and make sure that I'm time blocking properly. And that, you know, I just, I feel like I get to the end of the day and it's like, oh, it's just not enough time in the day to do all the things that I want to do. But in reality, it's that everything lives inside my head. And I mentioned the organization piece. And so I just feel like it's really tough to get shit done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I know we've kind of talked about this subject before, but would love for the second half of this episode to chat through, you know, the concept of getting more done, you know, getting, accomplishing more with your day and being more efficient and being more organized. Because I feel like whether you're wanting to start your own business, whether it's a creative thing, whether you are wanting to, whatever your thing is, if you can get more out of every day, you're going to be happier and more successful, even if the whole goal is just to get more time back for yourself, you know, to spend with your family or on a vacation or something. So that's kind of what I want to talk about the second half of this. Sure, absolutely. And for me, this is like, you know, this hits the right points, right? You know, I spend my days in real estate, either selling real estate or helping real estate agents or managing real estate agents developing technology for real estate agents, training them. And 
being a realtor is very much owning a business, owning a business. You know what I mean? CEO of your own little circle. Yep. The ones who are successful are the ones who treat it like a business. The ones who are not successful. And there's a huge fallout rate with realtors, something like 80% of all realtors who get their real estate license don't continue being a real estate agent after five years. So, you know, the, the, the fact of, you know, this, the, the point that we're trying to make is that this is very much close to home. So, um, it's comes down to a, a few different things for me, right? Like a not doing the important things, right? Not getting the right things done. And we talked about this before in a practice episode. And so I'm just kind of recap on some of the like most important things from that or the most, you know, high level points that I tried to make from that. Yeah, because that that's very close to the whole mission of this podcast was these are the types of things that I call you about. And then we would end those phone calls. I'd be so fired up. And I'd be like, shit, man, I wish I could go back and listen to that again. Or like, I wish that that lived somewhere. Um, And so that's why I felt it was important to kind of touch back on this because I want to be able to come listen to this again. But also not everyone has an older brother that thinks this way. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it could be helpful. So I'm really excited for you to go back into this. Yeah. So just kind of a little bit of an overview from what I wanted to say from this is, you know, getting the important things done. If you're going to transition to work from yourself, a lot of what people do that stops them from being successful is procrastination, right? Like, you know, a lot of times you know what it's going to take to get you to point B, to get you to that level of Mm -hmm. I'm working for myself now. So why don't you do those things? And, yeah, you know, I really found something helpful in a podcast from Cal Newport. He wrote the book Deep Work and he has a podcast called Deep Questions. And the first, he he puts it into two parts and it it basically goes over his opinion of why, um, why we procrastinate. And so the first one is that our mind does not believe in the importance or necessity of what we're trying to do. And so... Our mind personal is, buy-in. Yeah, personal buy-in. Our mind is always, it's a planning machine, right? It's going to plan and put effort and energy where we need it most to survive. Like, we have dumb monkey brains. At the end of the day, we have dumb monkey brains and the brain says, do the least amount of work so that you can conserve energy and case you need it later to run really fast. You know what I mean? That's why we will always do the easiest thing. That's why we'll always go down the easiest path. Yeah. So if your mind is... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that there are, for some, maybe a lot of people, there's kind of another another side to procrastinating, which is avoidance, which becomes like a, a, a different... Well, why are you... What, what, what would make you avoid it? So when I say avoidance, I think I mean the part of you that is aware of what needs to be done and aware of how it needs to be done and aware of the importance of the thing. And something about you just self-sabotages. Well, knowing the importance and... Believing the importance. Lodging it. And your brain, your mental like brain, knowing that it's important... That's not the same as like believing believing like I have to do this or I'm going to get fired. Mm -hmm. I have to work on this until 4 a.m. or I'm going to get fired. Mm -hmm. I have to like I do this all the time. I procrastinate cleaning the house constantly. When Julie goes out to like a shoot and she'll be gone like all like the uh, last weekend she was gone all day. She left at like four in the morning and didn't come back until like midnight. And I had, it was a Saturday, so I had the whole day to myself. And I said, oh, I'm going to clean the whole house. So when she gets back, it's going to be all nice. Like, I'm going to do a really nice thing. Didn't do a goddamn thing. She called me at like 11 o'clock and was on the way back. Got it done in like 15 minutes. (laughs) 
Why? There was a deadline. I knew yeah. if I didn't get it done, bad things were going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I, I kind of thought that this was a me thing, but every, you know, invested teacher or professor or coach that I've ever had has always made the comment that I just tend to thrive when I'm backed into a corner and, you know, the clock is winding down. Like something about me and some other people in our family, I think just thrive on pressure and chaos to the point. I think that's a really nice way to put it. Thriving under pressure and chaos is a nice way to say, we're really bad at planning and we wait until really the last minute to it. do things and then get stuff done in the last five seconds because we don't have a choice. That's true. Sorry, uh, I want you to continue. One of the first things that Cal Newport in his book mentions is that the first half of procrastination is that our mind doesn't have that personal buy-in of the importance of the thing. Right. It's not in his book. It's it's an actually just one episode of a podcast that oh, I'll okay. leave in the in the show notes or the footnotes. Um and the second part of that is that even if your mind believes that it's crucial, if there's not a concrete plan or a reasonable plan to get the work done, it's also going to hold back motivation. So it's not that the what these both of these points lay out to is giving motivation, right? So you're actually, your mind says, I'm going to direct motivation here or willpower. I'm going to direct motivation here or willpower. When you wake up in the morning, you get the willpower to get out of bed, use the bathroom, drink a cup of coffee and get started and go to work because you know, if you don't go to work, bad things are going to happen. If you want to have that same level of structure and routine and commitment to the things that you want to do, your mind has to believe that it's crucial, not just know that you want to do it, but believe that it's crucial. And two, you have to have a reasonable plan that your mind believes in. If you tell yourself, all right, I'm really out of shape, so I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and run 10 miles. And then after that, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lift weights for three hours and then I'm going to have a protein shake and then go to work. Like that's not a reasonable prompt. That's not a reasonable plan. You're definitely not going to be able to do it. You might be able to do it today or tomorrow. You might even be able to do it for a little while. And unless you're David Goggins, you're going to fail and you're going to think that's never going to work out. So, you know, you're never going to be able to do that because you don't have a realistic plan. Even if you know it's crucial, you've got to have a plan that is reasonable and makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Can I say one funny thing about David Goggins? Um, Peter McKinnon's my like favorite YouTuber and like photography hero. And in one of his recent YouTube videos, he talks about how he's been reading more and that's just something the pandemic did to a lot of people. But <laughs> like, <laughs> what I'm about to say is so funny to me is because I've literally probably had a hundred people speak about David Goggins and his book, Can't Hurt Me or Can't Touch Me, or whatever it is. Like it's their Bible. Like it is the penultimate book that is just like everything that is like hard work and worth that work. Ethic. And people just get this like motivation boner. You know what you I definitely mean? Definitely love it or hate it. I love it personally. <laughs> and so... I thought it was the funniest thing that Peter McKinnon is like, I've been reading this one and like, I really enjoyed it. And he talks about some of the initial messages and he goes, and then the second half of this just kind of started to feel like memoirs of a jogger. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I feel like I, I, I started reading it for the Navy SEAL stuff, the badass stuff. <laughs> and I just thought it was really funny because I hadn't heard a single person say a single bad thing about that book. And for him to really? be like, I was really loving it. And the second half just kind of felt like, memoirs of a jogger <laughs> and i laughed my ass off <laughs> does he run K peter yeah no i don't he's not he's a runner maybe it he doesn't strike me as a runner he's skinny oh man yeah he, he's not he seems he's in shape i'm just wondering like runners have this like runner mentality right like oh yeah if you're it's like a cult. he he became a runner and he was already a runner like I, I'm halfway, I'm not halfway, I'm like 30% through the book, so I can't really say. Oh. But, um, yeah, David was a runner, stopped running, and then ran again, is what I took from it. But mm. 
Well, only a third of the way through the book, though. So, yeah. If you, uh, but if you're a person who runs regularly, like, I don't know, people really like memoirs of a runner sound like real fucking good. To yeah. That's <laughs> runner porn for them. Like, yeah. The book, I'm using some really run. controversial terms this episode, and I'm not yeah. happy with it. But this I do want to get us made back for on kids. Yeah. I do want to get us back on track because, um, you know, I, I was telling you that the idea of going from not working for myself to working for myself seems very overwhelming. And we were getting into uh, procrastination. Okay. Yes. Find a way to make your mind think that it's crucial, not because you want it, but because it's actually a necessity for your life. Mm-hmm. And B, you have a reasonable, realistic plan of how it's going to get done. And then your mind will give you the motivation to get it done. You have accomplished a lot of great things in your life. And only until your mind thought that they were crucial and that you had a good plan to get them done, did they actually happen. So those are the first two steps. Secondly, you need, this is my opinion, and this is what I've kind of curated a few ideals from productivity experts and put them into my own words. But the second part comes from uh, James Clear and his book, Atomic Habits, and it's forget about goals, focus on systems instead. So I'm oh, a huge... yes. I love yes, when you I'm talk a, about this before. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in that, you know, saying I want something, I have a goal, I'm going to write it down, is overhyped. We talk about goals way too much, you know what I mean? There's that quote... Uh, a goal if you a goal without writing it down is just a wish well a goal just written down without a plan of action and a system behind it to get it done is also just a wish just cuz you write down on a piece of paper i want to win the gold medal doesn't mean you're going to actually get there mm-hmm. now it's a step it's a guiding light i believe i think having goals is not a bad thing i'm not saying don't have goals yeah. but don't focus on the goals focus on the systems and that's what like it's a the best section in my opinion of that first chapter of James Clear's book that talks about focusing on systems. And the gold medal there's four like problems he like lays out with uh, uh goals over systems but my favorite one is both winners and losers have goals. The difference was their systems, right? Like everyone who signed up for the Olympics had the goal of getting the gold medal, but one person did. The difference was their systems and what they did to prepare and how good they got at it, right? Yeah. So focus on... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying focus on systems over goals. And when you see the goal, like I want to start working for myself, okay, I know I need to do it. It's critical. I have a good plan to do it. And the plan goes into the system, right? Like what is Mm -hmm. the system that you're going to put into place so that your mind believes that you can actually achieve it? Um, And and that's what uh, it comes down to. Yeah. And and there's a level of predictability that I feel like is what gets in my way because, you know, what does working for yourself actually mean? If you break that down, it's like, how do I make enough money doing things that are, you know, on my own accord, like not that, not that anybody else is telling me to do, but how do I provide either a product or a service that just comes from me and get enough money from that to pay my bills, which allows me the real freedom, which is time. Like, how do I get to the point where I'm spending my time doing what I want to do and working on projects that you know, I it inspire me or that'll make the world better or something like that. Like, how do I just get to the point where I'm not trading my time every day for a nine to five job making somebody else more wealthy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and there's so, a... so what Sorry. I was going to say is like, for, like in my context where it's like, I want to do photo video stuff. I think when I think of my first step and how do I get an actionable plan? Like first thing I should probably do is have a pretty good idea of what it costs to be me. <laughs> and then I can engineer how to do however many gigs or whatever to make that much money to pay the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to write the blueprint for uh, Michael Kalaitis digital services, I would say, 
here's our monthly overhead. Here's exactly how much I need to make to survive and live. So, and then here's what my services generate, you know, for this service, for this service, for this service, for photography or videography or this or that. And then how many of these things do I need to do every month to make my monthly overhead so that I can break even? And that's yeah. step one, right? So that yeah. you're spending your 40 hours a week or 50 or 60 hours a week spending time on making the money for these specific things that you're doing enough of those to make your monthly overhead. Then you can scale, but you got to get to break even first. And before you can get to break even, you got to have a runway to build up to that because you're not going to start on day one with enough revenue yeah. to break even. So speaking of runway, there's a there's the regardless of what the endeavor is there's the the point where you take the leap there's the point where you decide i'm gonna quit my job or you know what i mean and so like when you when thinking about planning your escape from the nine to five or whatever and like being intentional about that in your mind what does that look like what like there's no perfect recipe, but when would I know I am ready to go for it? Because there's never going to be certainty, especially with stuff like photo video. Like very, unless I come up with some sort of subscription model where I'm working for a brand or something and I'm producing product photography or lifestyle photography, unless I do that, there's not a lot of predictable recurring revenue. And so it's like, yeah, and I brought this up because you said runway, and it's so okay. Yeah, so runway is hugely important. How much hugely. runway does one need before they take that leap? Wait, what'd you say? I was laughing that I used the word hugely. Unfortunately, um, that's a word, isn't it? Hugely. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll take it if it is. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what I tell real estate agents because realtors entering the market, right? Like they're trying to transition from having a job to being full-time real estate agents, making 100% commission working for themselves. I didn't think is, about that. I always thought for some reason that as soon as someone was a real estate agent, that was their full-time thing and they paid their bills with it. Are real estate agents 100% commission? Yeah. 100% commission. 100%. I mean, unless you work for Redfin. Yeah. Okay. Well, go That's on. A what you story, tell but yeah, if you're a real estate agent, that basically means that you sell houses. You work for a broker. The broker gets a split, and they give you services for that split. But you're working for yourself. You got to find your own clients. You got to, you know, cultivate your own clients, and then you have to, um, convert those clients into sales. So you're a business owner. If we start a lemonade stand tomorrow. We have to figure out where we're going to put the lemonade stand, how we're going to get people to see our lemonade stand and come visit us and then want to buy some lemonade. We got to do some marketing. Um, and so my point is, is that in order for you to feel comfortable to take the leap, you need to, you need to have enough runway right? That's what the point we're trying to make. The runway for you is different for everyone. The rule is of thumb... three like months to, expenses? Okay, go ahead. The rule of thumb I like to say is six months personally. But real estate's different than what you do. You have a much quicker turnover rate, right? Like you can yeah. get a lead tomorrow. My sales cycle's shorter. Yeah, your sales cycle's shorter. You can get a lead tomorrow and have a sale by the weekend. If a yeah. realtor gets a lead today even if it's a hot lead who's ready to make an offer, it's still a 30-day, 45-day closing time frame. So best case scenario. And then how, it, how quickly do they get paid after closing? A couple days. Oh, okay. Yeah, so once it closes, you get paid fairly quickly. But the closing cycle is, is much longer. So you know, even if you have you know, three deals in escrow right now, it might still be 30 days till you make any money. So six months is what I think is a good time frame. If you have a really good launch plan, um, yeah. If you don't have a good launch plan and you're like, I'm just gonna figure it out as I well, go, that's, then that's twelve actually, months is better. Twelve months, twelve months, you feel very safe. Six so, months. So the words launch plan 
I want to expand on for the next couple of minutes. Um, (laughs) So there's a bunch of different ways to work for yourself, right? There's a bunch of different ways to make money as an entrepreneur or whatever. Um, When I think of the way that I think that I'm going to go about it in a more creative, the more creative side of things, like, Mm -hmm. of course. You said launch, you you said, absolutely, absolutely. You said launch plan and it immediately made me think business plan. And I think that that's the side of the brain that creative people often lack. And so like, I feel like we would talk, we could talk for a really long time about like, what even is a solid, so, and this, these are the types of things that I face every day. I have gigs on the cusp right now and I still don't know how to confidently price myself. I still don't know how to con- like. I mean, now I'm just like spinning in my head a little bit because this is it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. Is like there's so much that goes into being self-employed and running your own business, and it's just like, where do I even start? Like, well, we yeah, I mean, like they're trying to get an understanding of my regular reoccurring expenses and then trying to figure out what I charge and what my prices are and then trying to figure out how to market myself. And it's just a lot. And I just feel like my head's spinning. And it's not that I'm trying to make the leap right now. I just, for as long, I mean, I remember being eight years old in the basement of the Golden Willow Circle house using dad's computer. And I think it was Microsoft Word. And it just had a template for business cards and it had clip art. And so I would pick a thing of clip art. I would make up a company name. I would print out a bunch of sheets. I would cut out the business cards. And I'd be like, fuck yeah. And I remember one of them was called Orion Enterprises or something. And the logo was an Atom. Like a I love that. Orion, I remember that. Adam, How about remember 11? that? And 11. That was, that was high school. Orion was yeah. legit. Like I was like seven years old. I remember and Orion. And I always, yeah, and I always imagined that I would own some brand that did something that people loved. And, you know, my logo would be everywhere. It would be on the helmets of extreme athletes, you know, at the X Games. Like, that was the goal, is I would have a brand that did something, and my logo would sponsor, you know, skateboarders and snowboarders and stuff like that. So, like, that, like, it's it's always been there, and it's something I want to do. And the part that I'm missing is the discipline and the understanding of what it takes to run a business. And I'm not asking you to give me like a full course in how to run a business right this second, but it's definitely something I feel like we could expand on. Um, at yeah. Some well, point. let's, let's pause for just a second to reset the cameras and, and everything. And when we come back, we'll, we'll give just a quick summary and, and uh, wrap it up. finish this up. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good to me. All right. In these uh, final couple of minutes, because we've actually surpassed an hour, I think, for the first time, um, to summarize this second half, uh, you know, what's been on my mind is it's always been there that I've wanted to work for myself. And I like the idea of being on an entrepreneur. And I think the pressure of being an entrepreneur is super unique to our generation. Everybody feels like, in my experience, everyone feels like they have to build something for themselves and they have to be an entrepreneur. And there's this unspoken pressure to, you know, create something out of nothing and be incredible. (laughs) And that's just something that's been on my mind lately. And I maybe am no different than everybody else that feels that way. But like, it just feels like something I have to do. I want to end up doing something for myself, owning a business that, you know, do you have to, or do you want to, and we could break into this for hours for sure. But yes, there's definitely a huge difference in having to and wanting to. Here's the thing. What it comes down to is I used to think that I wanted to do it just to be impressive and so that I was an entrepreneur, so that everyone saw that I was an entrepreneur, so that I was viewed as impressive and successful in other people's eyes. But what I've come to realize now is that what it's about and what it's been about for years that we've talked about this is true freedom, 
which is taking back your time, no longer exchanging eight hours a day to work for a company, no matter how incredible the company, you know, doing something where instead of having work and play, what looks like work to other people and is play for you is what pays the bills, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, being able to dream. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because I've grown up a little bit spoiled. Maybe it's because I was born with some, you know, stubborn belief that I can literally have anything I want and that nothing is out of reach. And if I plan and work hard enough that I can have it, like, I think that our entire generation was told that, but like, I don't think it's that crazy to think that I can make it happen. And so I don't think it's that crazy to think either. Finish it up. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. And and so, so that's what was on my mind and what I wanted to dive into. And I think that maybe allotting 30 minutes for how do I start working for myself and start my own business was not fair. But what I got from this was the most important thing I can do is get more disciplined and do everything I can to get more out of each, each day and be more efficient. And what you mentioned about Cal Newport's podcast and um, procrastination is so relevant to me um, because I, I sit there plenty of the time and I wonder why I can't get my brain to focus on certain things or why I can't seem to do more or get more out of each day. And um, the two pieces of advice of making sure that you believe that it's possible and you see a path to it um, makes sense. And as I yeah, yeah I, go ahead. I want to kind of finish this off with a little bit of perspective, right? Because I do think that we are in like a time frame right now where so many people our age and even younger and we're kind of kind of old now <laughs> not really but we we're getting there we've well, been, we've been thinking about and talking about this stuff for so many years and you know i think about our little brothers who are uh just one of our, our 12 and 13, 12 and 13. We have, yeah our little brothers just turned 13 and like I think about them in their future and like I, I, I find myself reminiscing about, you know, what I was like at 13 years old and the dreams that I had and the things that I wanted to do. And, you know, I know we want to recap this and, and finish this episode up, but I think it's important to clarify like having the desire to work for yourself and give yourself the time freedom and doing it by transitioning from a job to working for yourself is definitely not the only way to do that. You know, there is a much, there's a very common path and maybe even an easier path to not time freedom, but like hustle freedom, right? Like everyone wants to hustle. Everyone wants to build their, do your thing. Everyone wants to, you know, start their thing or build their thing or here's my company or here's my new thing. And everyone wants to do that. And I'm not saying that those things are bad and we shouldn't have those, but we also shouldn't pressure people or 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 force people into a corner that this is the route to happiness. Because yeah, the route to happiness very much can be working for a company at a job that you love. Like great companies can exist without great employees who enjoy to be there. This and is something and the fact that you know you want to eventually work for yourself one day make sure that it's not just you haven't found the right job and that if you're going to work for yourself make sure that it's because you have a specific need or a specific want or a specific why that you can't achieve with an easier path because starting your own business and becoming an entrepreneur and then blazing the path of something else, it's a hard thing to do. Make sure that, that you want that hard path and that there's not a path to happiness that is, I can build a skill and learn a skill and give my benefit to a company that's already in yeah. place that does you good can, things. I mentioned paying the bills where what looks like work to other people is play for you that's not only attainable by being an entrepreneur. 
you can absolutely find ways to get paid by other people to do the stuff you love that's not your own company. You're not an entrepreneur. A couple of things to say there is, uh, first, I feel good and and clear on on this more so than anything else that I've really ever done, that my why for wanting to be an entrepreneur goes back to that little kid that put a picture of an atom on a business card, came up with a company name, and was handing them out to everybody he knows. I want something that's mine. I want to be able to create and bring things into the world that didn't exist before. But unfortunately, money and costs and bills exist. And so the only reason entrepreneurial endeavors are a topic is because it costs money to live. And so for me, my why and what it comes down to is I want to be spending my idea, my time bringing my ideas and the things in my imagination into the world. You know, from the youngest that I can think of, I used to draw pictures on lined paper of skateboarders, and then I would design their t-shirts for as long as I can remember. And you would always be like, hey man, want me to buy you some not lined paper that you can draw on? And so, I mean, and that is something that I had to think about for a long time, but I, for me, that's the deeper why. It's not just because I want to be an entrepreneur. It's not because I feel some pressure to blaze a new path and invent something new. I just want to be able to spend my time being, you know, using my imagination and being creative. And unfortunately, it takes money to live. And so trying to find a way to monetize the side of me that was eight years old, printing out at business cards, inventing companies, um, has been the most important. I do think that we could go on and on about this. We were over an hour. Um, I will make sure that I type down all my thoughts. And I think that we could dedicate an episode to talking about this type of stuff. Um, but I do think that it could be good to wrap up. Um, it may have seemed a little disconnected of me kind of just saying like, man, working for myself spent on my mind. Uh, I think the takeaways on procrastination are super, super helpful. And then the uh, Atomic Habits advice about focusing way more on systems. Um, and oh, I used to say focus on your inputs. Like, don't focus on the results, just focus on the work you put in. But even that doesn't have any real organization to it. Whereas building systems that enable the results that you want makes the most sense. And so I got value from this for sure. <laughs> I have appreciated this as always, being able to just sit here and chat and drink with you. Um, but I think Absolutely. it's time we say goodnight. What do you say? Sounds good, Colleen Ikta. And uh, I promise by the next time we record this podcast, I might not have a Tim Ferriss book called Tools of Titans. Very good book. Paperweight, monitor stand. Great for decor. Great for decor. All right, Colleen Ikta. All right, G9. <laughs>